I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in the Pacific Palisades. And I'm Scott Blakeman in Manhattan. People usually don't ask 65-year-olds what their hobbies are, except on dating sites. But if they did, I would say walking. Five weeks ago on this podcast, I said that, quote, walking is the most powerful thing we can do, unquote, because we're completely in control of where, how far, and how fast we walk. And since then, well, I've walked over 150 miles. Oh, oh no, yeah, that's amazing. Never <laughs> yes, Tommy. I brimmed with pride when you then proposed a giant statue to honor people like me, the pedestrian. I bristle when people refer to something mundane as pedestrian, because truly there's nothing boring or predictable about walking. Scotty, 150 miles. Why? You could walk where, from where you live on Manhattan's Tony Upper East Side all the way to Wilmington, Delaware, and then turned around and walked one-fifth of the way back. I should say you did brim with pride. And can we say, can we brim with anything but pride? Can we brim with embarrassment? Can we brim with shame? I hope not. But I know this much, I'm brimming with envy. Yes, envy for the New York pedestrian. For only, I can only dream of even a five minute walk on Manhattan's famed streets. Oh, oh, to be back in New York with nothing between the soles of my shoes and sidewalk that can take me anywhere I wish to go. Until we're vaccinated, that is something we Angelinos can only dream of. Well, the other day, as I turned up the Third Avenue on my way back uptown, the streets were lively, and I had to do that New York walking maneuver of passing a slow walker on the left and cutting quickly back to the right side so as not to have a mild sidewalk collision with an oncoming pedestrian. Now, I don't mean to pat myself on the back because of the potential for a rotator cuff tear, but I do consider myself to be a professional walker, not in the Olympics 10,000 meter walk sense, but simply because I walk briskly, efficiently, sometimes daringly, but always try to uphold the basic principles and techniques of good walking, which surely must have been the name of the health education film title in the 1950s. Yes, walking may <laughs> seem old fashioned in our modern age of automobiles and bicycles, but there are times when no other means of transportation will do. <laughs> and Bobby is about to learn there's a right way to walk and a wrong way. Because no gal likes a guy who the fellas have nicknamed Stumblebum, Gimpy, or Crab Legs. Scotty, for the sake of commemorating pedestrians everywhere... We must have a 20 foot, I think 20 foot is a reasonable height, huge iron audio animatronic statue of the pedestrian one day, capable of walking, waving and helping pedestrians across the street. Imagine this towering walking man sculpture striding confidently from the Museum of Modern Art to the sculpture ridden Madison Square Park. Never once, squishing anybody beneath its giant audio animatronic statue's huge feet. This is important. The safety software must have zero glitches and be unhackable. Now, Scotty, 
Of course, there are traffic issues too, because there will be tens of thousands of followers, all true believers in your critical pedestrianical philosophy, who will literally follow the great audio animatronic statue of the great American pe pedestrian on foot. Many, if not most of these followers will be carrying copies of your Principles and Techniques of Good Walking, a textbook that you might write before the giant mechanical statue designed, built, and tested. Obviously, that's your call. Well, Tommy, uh, well, I look forward to, to that uh, textbook and for, for everybody carrying it. And, uh, you know, the film you referred to, uh, the Good Walking film, the 1951 educational film, of course, that segment, there's a right way and a wrong way to walk is the major part of that film. And, and you know, I love how we see in vivid black and white, as, as you described, the, the good walker strolling purposefully on the right side of the sidewalk to allow approaching pedestrians to pass them on the left side. Now, as we all know, this is the bedrock of good and responsible walking. And it sadly is one of the most egregious mistakes that urban walkers make. The film acknowledges that older or advanced people tend to wobble and totter in their gait. And we, as decent citizens, must feel compassion for their condition. But it is still their responsibility to confine their tottering and wobbling to the right side, not the middle of the sidewalk, to allow easy passage by more able-legged walkers. <laughs> now, this also applies to the young, unimpaired walkers whose rude and oblivious obsession with their phone causes them to walk slowly and to stray out of their lane, causing disarray and distress for the good, decent walkers. <laughs> Scotty, if there were an Academy Award for educational films with a special category, educational movies that were never made, but had they been filmed in 1951, would still be relevant today. <laughs> well, then you, Scott Blakeman, would be on stage at the famed RKO Pantages Theater where the awards were given in those days, thanking everyone that made the idea possible. And, Scotty, I'm sure you would thank not just your agent and the studio executives, but also the great American pedestrian, the hero of the global effort to reduce carbon emissions, who must brave errant cars, buses, and trucks. And yes, as you point out, Scotty, so vividly, other pedestrians who are unmasked and unmindful of social distancing. Eventually, the music at the award ceremony would swell in an effort to get you off stage. But you wouldn't leave until you shout, sooner or later, we are all pedestrians. <laughs> I'm going to shock you, Scotty. <laughs> More than mere educational films. Your reports on the perils and possibilities for pedestrians in New York sidewalks during these challenging times brings to mind Edward R. Murrow and William Shirer's eyewitness accounts of America's Second World War from the front lines of Anzio, Normandy, and Iwo Jima. Well, Tommy, you know, and, and as you point out, walking has taken on a whole other significance during these times. More people than ever are walking because that is their prime activity. Other than this podcast, walking is my main activity of every day. And yes, indeed, sometimes it feels like being on those front lines and, and with great, the great Mr. Murrow and his boys doing such a fine job. And I'm just doing my part during these times to be out there on the front lines of walkers yeah. and hope that all walkers will treat other walkers with the respect and decency they all deserve. Scotty, 
the the fault lies not in you or me. <laughs> the fault lies in all of us, or something like that. I think Shakespeare yeah. said that, and and I know uh, Edward R. Murrow repeated it, and and those stirring words come to mind because I think you may be, you may be that the the the, uh, uh, the, the um, what's the word um, the antiplary of of the great famed Edward R. Murrow. I've not heard that word uh, ever. We, we've done that on a few episodes, hearing words I love it, hearing words that uh, I have not encountered. Yeah, no, that is, the antiplary is a word that I had to make up in that moment because I realized I was grasping for a word that did not exist. Uh, so I came up with the word antiplary and it means the, the, the um, well, it means just what I said, right? Um, the, the, the difference between Edward, uh, uh, the uh, the antiplary of you would be Edward R. Merrill. Well, it's, uh, that seems like it should be a word if it's not already. It, no, it is now. It is now, yeah, it's out there and it's really a solid word. I mean, it's really one of those, you know, could be a new game show we could do syndicated. Is this a real word? <laughs> and then and the audience chants. And then, you know, it'd be almost like you tell the truth. Right. You know, you're right. hiding it going, uh, Antiplary, yes, antiplary, and uh, we look at it going. Uh, use it in a sentence, please. Use it in a sentence, of course, and okay, and then we go to the celebrities. Yeah, and then the you know, uh, I'll say, no, I've never heard. I've heard anti uh, <laughs> and plenty, but never plar. I'm going to say no. Yeah, you know, it, 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 right? No, no, and then they would be, and 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 in that case, I guess you know, you have to decide what makes a word real. And um, in my in, in this instance, yeah, that we would have uh, the 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 celebrity would have been right. It's not a real word um, yet. Uh, what makes it real, Scotty? I mean, it was just invented just now. It's a baby word. Is it? It does it have a right to live? Does it have that's, a right to say I I am a word? I exist. You yeah, exist. that's a great question. I mean, all words didn't exist until they were invented. Uh, until when, when that first person said that word, people said, I never heard of it. That's not a real word. And then it became a real word. Yeah. I mean, what, what other way can it be done? Exactly. Uh, I remember uh, being on a uh, writing on a show and somewhere, uh, a TV show, and, and one of the writers saying, oh, I hate that. It's a made up word. And I said, to, and I said yeah, but aren't all words made up? And <laughs> other writers were saying, yeah, that's right. And they never had thought about that. Uh, I had... Um, taken some time to think about that um a, a couple of years earlier and i'm glad i did because well, I you were ready for that moment. moment i was ready for that moment. Uh, but it's funny that's true because like a lot of people think the words came with the planet with yeah the world like when if you believe that god created the world in seven days it came with a vocabulary yeah right right and no no all words are invented by somebody sometime at some point in the past and uh, antiplary is a new word. Well, I, I guess that could go in uh, our dictionary of new words because we're, you know, I don't think that's going to be the last one. But that will be very near the top of the dictionary because it starts with the letter A. Yeah, well, you know, it also, I, I, I missed the phone book, especially the yellow pages. I remember, I remember just because I think of, and I'm not going to forget, sometimes I'll go off of something. Why did I bring it up? That's a new game show. Why did he bring that up? It's for older people when, or any people where you, I don't what, remember that time several episodes ago where I brought up, now I forget what it was. And I did, thankfully, uh, I listened and I realized where I was going. But no, I will say now, the that Yellow was, Pages, yeah. and before I rhapsodize about how I miss them, the key was to have a business 
that didn't just have A, but had several A's. Because it would be first, and you literally had right. A, 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 A movers. <laughs> so they could be the top thing. And they would battle for each other. How many A's could you do? And apparently there was no limit. And, and was there a limit to how many A's you could have? I mean, I think game? at some point, or Aardvark was always great. Aardvark. Uh, uh, like you could have Aardvark with extra A's at the beginning. And, yeah. and uh, but yeah, I remember that too. And that was the phone. And that was a, 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 something that would not happen now because things aren't really arranged uh, uh, alphabetically anymore uh, no, online. Google They're just arranged according to who's paid off the the uh, the web. You know the the yeah the SEO whatever these things are. And, and again, that's a whole generation that's missed out. And I remember that exciting time wherever I was living when the new phone books would arrive in the lobby and it was a big thing to say, oh, there I am with the new, and they have the new address. And then the big thing was to be unlisted, which I never understood. You could have an unlisted number. And that, that was a whole very exotic thing. But I love the white pages, the yellow pages. Yeah, well, I, That's what you used. I mean, I need a printer. All right, well, look at the yellow page. Take down this big book. Uh, and for people listening to this a thousand years from now, a book was this collection of of pieces of paper what do they even have paper a thousand years from now i don't know um and and, and in a square you know what a book is they're, they're gonna know what a book oh is. yeah now that that'll be a popular but the yellow page they won't the know and pages, they it was won't a know. giant book of uh, paper uh, i mean uh covered but uh, yeah. soft covered but giant giant uh, giant in the big city so that was also interesting to me be, growing up because in, uh, in Libertyville, you'd have this sort of small book, Libertyville, Illinois, being a, a town now of 20,000, and when I was growing up, 8,600 people, a, a far north suburb of Chicago. And, um, but a small town, very, you know, not, yeah. not, not connected to Chicago, except that it's a suburb. So that's important to know for this anecdote, Scotty, because I would go to my aunt's house, and she lived in Park Ridge. And she had the Chicago phone book because Park Ridge is right next to Chicago. Well, uh -huh. Scotty, it's huge. It's enormous. It's big. It was big. It just seemed so massive to me. How could you possibly even carry that thing? That was the thing that you would stand on in order to get to <laughs> if you're a kid. And, and you would just pull it down. If you're a kid and you needed something from the yellow pages, we talk about daunting. You needed to, to lift weights first off. Oh yeah! Fresh. Oh no, it's huge and heavy, and and uh, and I would do that too. It's interesting. You, you remind me of that. I would go to in the early days when I was on the road doing comedy. It was fascinating to go to a small town or a small city and see their minuscule in comparison yes. white pages. And I think I would remember looking up familiar Jewish last names to see if there were any Jews in that town. I mean, obviously we did that in New York City, Manhattan, with the you know many. But in, in uh, York, Pennsylvania, yeah, uh, a lot less. Right, right. No, yeah, that's it's good to just check that sort of thing out. Uh, but yet now you remind me that we didn't in Liberty, but we didn't even have a separate book for yellow pages or white pages. It was all one book. Oh, and it yeah. was about uh, 100 pages. <laughs> that was the combination. So wow. Was, oh, Scotty, it was a combination. That's what we we, we didn't know of anything else in, in Libertyville growing up. Uh, 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 that's what we thought a phone book was. You, you didn't know there were bigger phones. We didn't even know there were big. There were. That, that, you thought that was gigantic. It was like, wow. That's yeah, well, this. Oh, I did. I noted it, and I and I noted. Oh, this year it's bigger than it was last year. Libertyville's growing. You know, I was a big booster that I wanted Libertyville to grow and become a big city of its own. And it has today. Well, uh, it's up to twenty thousand, and it's now got lots of 
uh, well, prior to the pandemic, I had all these restaurants and it was just, it's it, it turned into this, this city, I, the, the town I dreamed it would one day become, but of course now I live in LA, so the ironies mount, but yeah, <laughs> but, but in those days, yeah, I would, I would compare the phone book, which again, I know listeners are just going to be baffled to hear that, that I lived in, in such a rural area that the phone book was both the white pages and the yellow pages, and wow. easily carry it with my oh year yeah, old yeah. arm. Book to school, yeah, under your arm, and but no, in New York you'd have the giant white and the giant yellow, yeah, and the yellow. Uh, but no, that you use the white pages to. I mean, it was hard to read, but you'd look someone up. There was no well, other than calling information, which I didn't even know if that exists anymore. I mean, this is one of the things no one talks about. You would call, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you would call four one one or. I didn't even know and say, hi, um, what city? What city uh, and they would just say, what city, please? Uh, or what city? And right away, they, they had it down, information. And, and, and you would say, um, uh, uh, Peoria, what's the number? Uh, you know, and, and then you have to say it, say the number. And that was information. That beca- but then information was, 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 could do more than that, right? It gave you Oh, more yeah, no, they could be helpful with things. And what are you looking for? Well, there's also a this here. Yeah, they would tell you, well, there's five. Of Tom Saunders and ah, uh, do you have the address? Uh, and I think sometimes they would give you the addresses. Going, oh yeah, it's that that one. Yeah, right, right, right. So it was a whole game. It's like which one, which address? You know, you have to you had to provide them with the right information before they gave you the right. Yeah, that, I don't. Does that even exist anymore? I don't know. Remember, it was five 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 one two one two. I think at one time, but then it was shortened to four one one or something. That's but, right. And then it was, and then they would something as it got more advanced. They would say hold for the number, and then the number is 212. But, you know, they gave, that was the only way to do it. Well, and so I, that. I haven't thought about phone books in ages, and it just, right. it just, uh, uh, and, uh, but, but yeah. New York, Scotty, it didn't, like, you have a big phone book for each uh, borough, right? Yes, exactly, yeah. There was, <laughs> and it was exciting to go into Manhattan and see theirs. No, they were giant, and all of the Brooklyn yeah, had the giant Brooklyn, one. Giant book. So, so Chicago had one giant book. Chicago was sort of like the equivalent of one New York borough. And, 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 and so that was amazing. But you, you go to New York and you have, what, five different giant books. Uh, yeah, I mean, Staten Island, I guess, was the least, but I'm sure it was yeah. substantial. Yeah. You know, let's not. I mean, it's hard not to be patronizing and condescending when describing Staten Island about <laughs> anything in comparing them to the other boroughs. Well, you know, Staten Island has this small... Uh, they are a little anomaly. It's interesting. I mean, I know some people live there, lovely people, and it has as many lovely spots to it. But Staten Island was originally uh, there was a race to determine whether it should be part of New Jersey or New York City, like on a, a boat. And that's how they determined it and uh, how history would have been different had Staten Island been there, part of New Jersey. Race. Wait a second, Scott. That, that, that as I remember, I read that what? somewhere they uh, had a race. To, to, I don't know where the race would have been from. Right. Uh, well, presumably it'd be from New Jersey to Staten Island or something like that. But so something to determine. Yeah, we're, we're to, to, I guess Staten Island to New York. Was it a, a boat Staten race or what was it kind of race was it? I boat? guess maybe they had a boat set out from Staten Island to to Manhattan, maybe. And then also from Staten Island to New Jersey. And whoever got there first, uh, it became part of that. I mean, that's what I remember. And I've only. And when did that happen, Scotty? Well, that was. A very long time ago. I'm really thin on my Staten Island history, as most people are. I don't think even that no, the great Michael Beschloss. You didn't know he was talking no. about Staten. You never realize you're going to be talking about Staten Island 
when you when you you know you never start out talking about Staten Island. It's just something that happens in the course of some conversations. It's never like, you know, we need to talk about Staten Island. Well, we, you and I, of course, were there. We saw Staten Island Yankees baseball game, a marvelous with uh, our friends Bill Rukuski and George Kaufman. It was a marvelous. I mean, it's a beautiful stadium but right on the other side of the stadium ferry, which is free. It's a marvelous thing. The fabulous view of 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 Manhattan, of the Bay, of of New York City, of Manhattan and Brooklyn and the bridge. It's it, you sit there and you just glory in the view. I don't remember anything about the actual game, but I do remember it was it, it was very yeah. So Staten Island is really the most underdeveloped. It, it, for uh, as far as tourism goes, yes, yeah, more. Uh, well, you do have a few places. You have the ferry, and you do. It's mostly homes, but there are some things. And sadly, uh, as a footnote, the Staten Island Yankees are no more. Major League Baseball, in, a, in its crude way, eliminated many minor league teams this past year. So nobody, no team, at least this year, will be gracing that stadium. Or maybe there'll be a different team. But yeah. the Brooklyn Cyclones continue. With, with a full season too uh, next year, so oh, oh. so book and cycles for people uh, who don't live in in uh, the New York, uh, New Jersey area, is a another minor league team of we you know we're we're big fans of these minor, with a little, uh, but you know, uh, uh, but very um, I would say a, a, a very pleasant um, stadium. I love these minor oh, league stadiums. Oh, about seven thousand seats them. and. In fact, the Cyclone Stadium is right on the boardwalk, right off the boardwalk on Coney Island, and it's modeled in some ways after the great Chavez Ravine in L.A. and Ebbets Field, a little combination of more Chavez Ravine probably. With the- I would say totally Chavez Ravine, in my view. I mean, I was struck by how it, 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 that it really is uh, sort of a th- uh, on purpose, a recently built stadium that's on purpose, a throwback to that 1960 architecture that is actually, it's interesting, there's a school here, it, it, it uses this kind of um, uh, roof type of thing, this angled roof uh, effect in, in the uh, stadium that's very much like this school that was built in 1960 at the same time as Chavez Ravine uh, Stadium that's right here in the Palisades where, where I live. I mean, now- Well, that's a, that was a hallmark, the sloping roof of mid-century modern architecture. Yeah. And, time and period a and, certain type of mid-century, the 1960s type, which is a little uh, airier and 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 uh, and a little a, a, a little bit less boxy, and had some sort of uh, so it's uh, uh, yeah I love that stadium, Scotty. Um, I, I I have to say though my walking options we were talking about walking. Well, yeah, that, and was, that's what reminded. Well, me I was going to to lead you into that, Tommy. I was able to walk there when I lived in, in Brooklyn the last two years. So think of that as a, uh, a kid walking to a stadium. No, I can't imagine it. I cannot yeah. imagine it, Scotty. It, 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 I, well, actually, I can imagine it. I just can't. About 40 minutes, 42 minutes, depending how fast I walk along the ocean by the sand, the boardwalk. I turn right, and there it was. And uh, it was, uh, I'll miss that. No, I won't miss. Well, I, I won't, I won't, I'll go to the games, but I won't be walking from. No, from no, no, you'll be taking a, an hour long subway. Even, yep. even though it's a, it's a, uh, an express subway, it'll take an hour. Scotty, my reality as a pedestrian is a little yeah. bit different from yours in New York. Here in, here in Los Angeles in the Palisades, where everything is locked down because we have the worst type of COVID situation and nobody knows really why, but 
My reality is a pedestrian and walks are limited to going up and down the same steps in my backyard 26 times. It comes to about a thousand steps, a little over a thousand. And yes, I have a view of the ocean and the hills in back of me. And as I vigorously talk to myself, I, I sometimes experience the warmth of this, uh, as the sunlight moves across the canyon toward my backyard. But still now that a ratty old rotten wood and sheet plastic and plastic sheet wall uh, that had surrounded the backyard has been finally torn down, Scotty. Mm. This pandemic wow. lockdown here is a little less like solitary confinement and, well, a little more like a coastal prison for very nonviolent offenders. With a, with a good view, like uh, Alcatraz yeah. uh, did, and even though that was for more violent. Now, now Tommy, even with these lockdown in L.A., could you conceivably walk into the village of the Pacific Palisades or drive your car somewhere and walk along Venice or places like that? I or they could. I, absolutely, I could. And, and, uh, and I have done it. Uh, I've done it many times. And that's why I know walking past that school that that's yes. designed in the manner of the mid of uh, you know the of, of that very ballpark that you uh, you speak of in in uh in coney island i mean we I, love that it, architecture it, and it, it's, I, it's it, it, but but lately i haven't been doing that much walking because of the reason you know you, you pass people on the, so i why i i i use uh, this wonder vehicle called an electric bicycle scotty Oh, so you do that. Well, that's a wonderful thing. And, and but tell me, I, I would not uh, poo poo your walking around the house because, as our listeners know, in the past with two episodes, one where you encountered uh, frighteningly so, even though it turned out fine, you were running around and you ran quickly in front of the house and encountered a young girl uh, and, and a, as part of a family. There was that moment. Then the moment of the great said, cat. Hi. And, and, I, and I, yeah. I thought, oh, my God, you're going to give me COVID. She was so friendly and nice. Yes. Okay. There, that, that, and that was earlier on in the whole time. And then the great cat episode yes. where you found this cat and uh, it seemed like you were connecting. Right. But then it, as you reached to pick it up, it ran away and, and you felt rejected yeah. in a way. Yeah. But I quickly it, said it, that exactly. maybe the cat had had a previous experience. So it was being skittish, but yeah. you know, that. No, uh, you, you, you helped me through that moment. Um, I, I did feel rejected. Uh, and yes, there are things that I once saw a rat on, on, um, Oh, uh, on a, a on my walking uh, of the steps, a rat, mm. buddy. Wow. Oh. Uh, 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 and, uh, and 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 other times, I heard weeping in the house next door. Oh wow! So, um, <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not an uneventful. Um, oh yeah. Uh, experience, but he, hearing weeping in the house next door and seeing a rat and having a cat reject you. And having a little girl say hi, and, and you worry that you're going to get coronavirus. Yeah. It's well, there, yeah, same, there are. You know, it's not the same as, uh, and, and I'm not complaining about this. I'm just explaining why you should feel a sense of joy that uh, we, frankly, can only dream of out here in, uh, in, in Los Angeles. Well, I would say, and not to be one, any, uh, to be a care too carefree or reckless, but I do feel, uh, to the best of my knowledge, even here in New York, as cases tick up, the walking outdoors with the mask and is uh, fine. And, and, you know, and, and it's your outdoors. And I mean, certainly I, I still, when I close quarters, I'll turn away and the rare, rare, rare cases, somebody doesn't have a mask, I'll 
scoff. Now, I have one question about that movie, yeah. Val's Walking Time. I have found on a few occasions, and 99% compliance of masks, but once in a while, and it tends to be, and not to be stereotypical, but uh, a, a comely co-ed walking towards me without a mask. And at first I forget that. I go, oh, she's very attractive. No mask, no mask, like the, like the alarm going off. And the question is, uh, what do I do in that situation? Well, I still turn away, Tommy, but I want them to know that um, I'm not turning away because I'm not ogling. And the question is, can you ogle more if somebody's not wearing a mask just because they're doing the wrong thing and you're entitled? That's one thing. And the other thing is, no, I'm scorning. I'm scorning. Uh, you know, I'm ogling, but I'm also scorning. <laughs> you know? And I wanted to know that. So uh, it's, it's a conflicting emotion. Uh, All right, that is complicated. And, and I'm glad you asked me that because I'm actually quite well suited for these complex, um, paradoxical emotions um, because I think about this sort of thing all the time. Yeah. Um, it, so w let's just uh, uh, encapsulate what you're describing, which is a, an absolutely remarkable experience that you don't hear other people really even talk about. I don't think people realize this is even possible that you and, and let me just stipulate for people listening a thousand years from now, co-ed means a young uh, a girl of college age, usually. Usually, although I refer to it in a general sense of all women. Right. But yeah. new, uh, having a certain nubility, nubileness, uh, I, I assume. And, and so th that's where the word ogle comes in. And what you've described is the fascinating complexity of the human mind, Scotty, uh, th that you're capable. You talk about walking and chewing gum at the same time. Who knew that you were capable of, of ogling and scorning well, simultaneously, I'm, yeah. and you've done it. You pulled it off. I don't. I don't know if anybody even realizes this is humanly possible. You may, you shown that that it's not only uh, possible in these trying times. It may be necessary. Absolutely, and it's difficult, but we can't let our guard down, even in the guise of an attractive woman coming your way. And for a moment, yeah, I ogle, I, I admire, and then quickly, I, I come to. This is all a matter of split seconds. And I turn away dismissively. Right. Uh, so, going, let, yeah. Can I drill down a little bit, Scotty? Here, I know we're running out of time here, but that you've, of course, right in the last minutes is where you buried the lead. Um, what I, uh, what I'm, uh, and I think our listeners are just uh, waiting for with bated breath is, are you saying that you alternatively scorned? First, you you were you ogled. And then you scorned, or were you able, as I was suggesting earlier, to ogle and scorn at the same time? That's well, it, that's what I'm questioning. Like, do oh, you yeah. go from ogling to scorning, or do you are you able to ogle and and scorn at the same time? It, it could, I mean, because if if you can pull that off, I don't think that's ever been done before. Well, when we say the same time, this is where it gets complicated. It is a matter of point oh 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 by eight seconds. So the human eye cannot even decipher the thing. So it seems like I'm doing it at the same time. There is a slight microscopic of a second where there's an ogle and then there's scorn, but it cannot be discerned by the human eye. So it, for all intents and purposes, it is the same time. And Tommy, I will say one yeah. thing that I, I wanted to mention about this whole experience that we call walking during these times. Yeah. Well, 
the headline would be the eyes have it. Yes, Tommy, the eyes have never been more important. Now, certainly we always notice beautiful eyes or interesting eyes, but now that's all you see. That's all you see. Because Hopefully that's that. all you see. You know, uh, we don't want to have people. Now, we really were uh, are wearing masks that cover our face except for your eyes. Scotty, very good point. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. So this is taken on in a beautiful way, uh, the importance of the eye. And it's a very traditional almost, uh, you know, way of, well, no, we, we don't look at everything else. We're just looking at the eyes. We're just meeting somebody. And uh, it's and, and it's, the eyes take on the intensity. And you could really tell a lot. And I when I first went to Manhattan during these times and I hadn't, you know, everybody, there was very little mask compliance in Brooklyn, and sadly, but in Manhattan, there is. Uh, it was exciting to see someone looking at you with their eyes uh, and, and only seeing their eyes. And and it's, I look forward to it. I'm going to be taking a special uh, nighttime walk after this podcast. Now, a lot of people say, whoa, what are you doing? No, we have the freedom to walk at night. And it's the same process. A lot of people ask, same, putting one foot in front of the other, uh, as Tommy suggested before the program, should I wear various headlamps? No, I, I haven't done that as of yet. I, I go with my usual garb, but I am going to be doing that. No, and I no brightly up. colored reflective garb. Uh, yeah, I mean, not but do that. not at this time, but I don't preclude it. I'll put it that way. If I was walking on a major highway at night, then I would. Uh, right, right. No, but, definitely. Uh, if you were walking down PCH at night, yeah. which nobody should do ever, uh, day or night but it, it, yeah then you would be wearing what you're saying is you would wear reflective in the proper in certain settings and, and but uh the, he, the headlamp uh oh yeah but in a neighborhood setting walking on an avenue or side streets in my neighborhood i don't feel it's uh, well, there's uh ample necessary street lighting uh, uh yeah there is right we're not plunged into darkness at, at five o'clock there is the street lighting and then yeah so uh it's a nice illumination i look forward to that it's a, it's a whole different thing and also there's a little nighttime walk where well there are people out in the outdoor pavilions eating maybe having a drink and there's a slightly uh, different feeling so i'm going to experience that oh, time yeah well, well we'll be looking forward to hearing about that scotty because well yeah uh, 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 i mean again it gets us back to the fact that you are the, the yeah, let's uh, uh, not to put too find a point on it but you are the great pedestrian america's pedestrian i think well i would say how, uh, let others how our let, listeners view you and, and let others determine whether great but just the pedestrian if i could be thought of as that uh, and and the everyman pedestrian yeah. america's pedestrian america uh, i'd be proud to hold that would you uh, be brimming pencil? with pride though or would you be half brimming with pride no i would be full brim full brim with pride oh. uh walking has always been a key part of my everyday life and never more so now. And so if I can be thought of as the pedestrian representing all pedestrians, of course, I would be brimming with pride indeed. And Tommy, uh, as the pedestrian, I also go by remaining Scott Blakeman. And I, I will always continue to be Tom Saunders and we're getting through this.